0: Welcome to the missouri valley conference mobilizing voices for change i'm kelly burke and joining me today is the associate head coach for valpo men's basketball luke gore and he's here to talk about voting and so much more that's going on coach uh, i have november 25th circled on my calendar now and i'm looking forward to the official start to competition in the season how are you doing and what are you looking forward to
1: the same as you um Really looking forward to just being with our guys and, and getting to be practicing with them and hanging out with them. And it's, it's you know, it's different um, than it has been in the past. But, you know, the, the reason I think most people get into coaching and I know you coach with broadcasting is to really have a positive in, impact on others. Um, you know, you want to win games, but, like, the reason I coach is really to have that positive impact, impact. and being around the guys, you get to do that. So really excited about the 25th. Um, it'd be a great way to have a thanksgiving week
0: <laughs> absolutely you are a member of the national association of basketball coaches the nabc for short which has really gotten college athletics involved in the democratic process this past year what is the all in to vote and the all vote no play initiatives that you you all are a part of
1: well it's it's i think it's more like it's 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 really like a civic class like as, a, as Americans, we have this great opportunity to participate in voting. And I believe a lot of the ages from 18 to 24 has really, the cre- the amount of, since the 60s, has went down drastically on how many vote. And um, Coach Eric Reveneau at, at Georgia Tech actually coached, uh, Coach Loddick at Stanford. And so um, we know him well, obviously. And then he kind of got this rolling with some other great coaches Joe Kennedy and and Mike Burns and some other other guys and um, and so coach Li was like yeah I'd love to be part of the task force I love it and so talked to coach Reveno and he gave me some of the data and I was like what is it how do I help and he was like just spread the word that's it just spread the word and we we'll go from there and and that's what we're doing and it's been it's been a really cool process And I've actually learned quite a bit about how easy the process is and educating our guys and having other coaches educate their guys to do it.
0: Speaking of the process and how easy it is, what would you want people out there to know about registering to vote and getting involved in that aspect? Because there's sort of this – this confusion sometimes that it's it's actually harder than it is. And there's so many voter registration deadlines that are fast approaching. So it's really important that people register soon. And even if they think they're registered, double check to make sure they are registered.
1: It's really very easy. And it, there's a website for college and college students they can register for their home state or they can use their campus address and it registrates where they're going to school. So if they want to go to the ballots they can they don't have to travel home to do it i mean it's available and that's something that the you know that's in the the, the that's made available to them and then the biggest thing that we use is it's this allinchallenge.org and literally you you start off of that they give their their personal information and then it asks what state you're from and where you're from and then it it guides you directly to the state website to get you where you need to go and so it's really just a, a point and click and it'll get you. And then you can go back through that and and check to make sure you're registered, make sure everything's okay. So it's it's not a hard process at all. It's not something that I need to have all the answers for all our guys, which I was drastically worried. I'm like, I'm gonna have to study this 50, you know, 50 playbooks to know every state and how to do it. Well, I click on a website and literally a couple guys at the beginning, you know, so I really knew how to do it is they clicked on it and they started going through it And I'm like, all right, it's pretty simple, follow the directions, and that was it. I mean, and they did it and they were like, yeah, coach, that was pretty simple. And, you know, they have questions about, hey, what's, what's my school address? And if that's the toughest question we got to answer, then, you know, they all should be registered to vote. Um, and not just athletes. And I think athletes are, you know, the front porch of a lot of universities. You know, if, if they're out there doing it, hopefully that can encourage, you know, other students, and students that are around to also register to vote and just, you know, get part of this this process, democratic process.
0: Why did you and the NABC and, and your fellow coaches, why did you decide that voting was was sort of the area that you really wanted to, to focus in on right now, just given everything that's going on in this country?
1: I think different events brings things to the forefront when it, it should always be at the forefront. It's, it's a right of an American citizen to vote. It has been for a long time. It hasn't been for all of us as long. I mean, I'm my people like me have been able to vote longer than, than you, Kelly, you know, and it's just the reality of, of society, not just in the U S everywhere in the world, but everyone in the U S has this great privilege to get the vote. And But do you actually realize that? Do you, I mean, and I think a lot of 18 to 24 year olds don't realize that, or they think it's really hard or, you know, they don't know how to find the information on who to vote for. All they can do is look at Twitter and see who, what a celebrity says or, you know, there's a, there's there's more to it. And it's easier than, than a lot of, all of us understand. Um, it's I mean, for you and me, it's easier to find out information about candidates and make the decisions right for you. And that's the beauty of the process. It's And so with everything going on, uh, once again, Coach Revenue, I, I, I got to give him a lot of credit for, um, and it's something in my mind that I was like, well, I don't understand why all our guys don't vote. It's pretty easy. And um, he brought it up and got it rolling with the other coaches and it got to the NABC and they supported. it. And uh, you know, I think everybody's taking the day off to vote and it's not like it only, it doesn't take a day off to vote, but it's not, that's not why you take the day off. It's to recognize that this is an important day to have your voice heard and let's recognize that day, and let's go vote. And so, um, I can't give credit for me doing this. I just Coach Ravelino was out there. He got it rolling with a lot of other great coaches. And what can he do to influence the guys we deal with every day? And voting was what he thought, and I think a lot of us thought it. And and you know, it's it caught on like fire, I believe. And it's one a great situation where you know a lot more individuals have been. Educate on the voting process.
0: We had a, a round table, the last round t- table we had for this mobilizing Voices for Change. One of your fellow colleagues in the valley, Kareem Richardson from Indiana State, was talking about sort of this exact area, the voting. And, and he said, I'm embarrassed to admit, but I've only voted twice in my life. And he's part of the NABC and some of the committees you're on there as well. And and helping getting his guys registered to vote. One thing that he mentioned that I think is a common problem is that sometimes, and at least in the past, people feel like, well, my vote, it, mm-hmm. d- it doesn't matter. And I think that what we're seeing now is people are realizing that one vote, it does matter, and that's how you, you start to create change.
1: Without a doubt. And and, and I think other people are like, they, they it was part of the intimidation to not have your the mind of your own. Well, it's the beauty of the the process is, you know, your one vote matters. It's the, though, and if enough of your peers or people like-minded with you research and vote, then your voices do drastically matter. Um, And that's, I think that's society and that's life, you know, everything you do does matter. Um, So go out and do your part and change will happen. And, you know, and, and Sometimes it won't happen like you want, but that's life too. You know, have respect for the process and let's get after it.
0: How have you helped to get the Missouri Valley Conference involved in this initiative as a whole?
1: It wasn't really hard, to be honest. Uh, send, a, my, send an email to Mike and Greg and, and uh, Commissioner Doug and, and say, hey, there's this initiative, let's get the Valley going. And before they respond to me, there's an email out to all the coaches and let's sign up. You know, we need to do this. And so uh, that was very easy to do. Um, And I thought that was the easiest way to reach all the coaches is go to the head of the, of the food chain, I guess you could say in the Valley, and let's get after it. Um, And then I can't take credit. Javon Mayman down at uh, where, you know, you're down with with the Salukis quite a bit. Um, Javon's been great too. He's been reaching out. Um, Great member of the task force also. So it's not just me helping. It's, it's a joint effort. It's not about you know winning basketball games. It's about educating 18 and 24 year olds on the process and, and being great American citizens.
0: A couple months ago, you tweeted a picture of you and your son Bart. Mm-hmm. And you, you tweeted it with a caption. You said, color of our skin does not matter. Same family, house, vacation, church, and community. My dream is that he will be respected, loved, and listened to the same by all, although it cannot be just my dream or his dream. It has to be everyone's reality. How do we start to make that a reality for Bart and for the children of his generation that are coming up?
1: To me, it's a very simple word. It's just respect. And it's, it's not, it's not agreeing. It's just respect everyone for their views. And, you know, and and that's what I teach him is like, things aren't going to be always roses for you, buddy. It's not going to be easy. And that's good. That teaches you that instead of obstacles knocking you down, the opportunities to get better, but then do it with respect. And I think, I think that's a word that a lot of all over the spectrum is we've lost some of the respect for others. Um, in, in right now, I don't think we just need to show a lot of respect and every day. That's, that's a big thing. Is like, Be respectful and be honest, and if you do that, I think you're going to be you're going to have a a nice, unbelievable, fun life. And that's the words that I talked to Bart all out. And he's a very rambunctious, uh, very active, very social, in-your-face guy. Um, And he's he's the life of every party. He's the life of every sporting event, and he's also the one that's going to get in trouble a lot, but. Are you going to be respectful when you mess up? Are you going to be honest about what happens? And he struggles with it, but I think that's a role that, you know, he's luckily he has great role models and and the guys on our team, um, the people he's around, um, that are there to teach him. Hey, yeah, go out there and fall. It's okay to fall, but when you get up, be respectful. And uh, and it's it's been a it's been a journey, and and uh, love it, love every second of it. And uh, I'm just. I'm glad that we're getting to talk about him right now.
0: What would you want people out there to understand about your two children who happen to be black?
1: You know, I think happen to be black is the most important thing you said right there. Um, it, we weren't going out to, we wanted to build our family. Um, and you know, I, I'm teaching my son every day and my daughter, And it's a struggle. It's not easy. And we have I have a wonderful wife and we both have to tackle these in a joint front, just like every parent does. And we have to teach them, like I just said, honesty, respect, doing the right thing, and then getting up when you fall down. I mean, the the things that a coach teaches his team, we're not asking our players to whine about officials call because if you do, you're going to give up a layup. And so it's real simple that You know, we were training, training uh, that's not, we were parenting in a way that, you know what? Do your best to do the right thing with love and respect and it's gonna come back to help you. And if everyone teaches that to everyone, I think we'd have have a pretty nice society we'd be living in. So I don't know if that's right on course of what you want, uh, Kelly, but that's kind of what we try to do.
0: That's super helpful. When you and your, you mentioned, Cheryl, when you and your wife were looking to start a family, you decided to pursue adoption. Why did you both feel such a strong pull towards adoption?
1: This would be a long podcast, so I'll keep the short version of it. <laughs> but um, my mother, um, who is a Valpo grad, actually, and it has nothing to do with me coming to Valpo, just the way, you know, life worked out for us. Um, she was a social worker. And early on in my life, I saw the power of people helping others. And in my mind, I was like, you know, it it, it was just ingrained. And once again, I grew up in a great household. Um, And, you know, we didn't have uh, a lot of wants, but we had everything we needed and um, taking care of others. And so in my mind all along, I thought that would be something that I would want to do. Met my wife, Cheryl. She has an unbelievable heart, bigger than mine. And she felt the same. And then, um, and I don't know if I, uh, you know, we went, I, I took some missions, trips to Africa, to other, uh, to Egypt, to West Africa and got to see all these, these kids, um, in countries that uh, pretty tough. And it was like, you know what, everybody needs a, a family. And so, we're going to, we're going to raise our family and we're going to be open to all possibilities to starting our family. Uh, me and Cheryl had some medical, uh, issues that were made it tough, but it, what was the beauty of it is it, it grew us so much. We became so much stronger as a couple. And, uh, it was, you know, looking back, I wouldn't have changed any of it. And a lot of people always come up to say, Oh, you're such a blessing to your kids. And that's not, That's not what we're trying to do. That's not how we raise. We wanted to have a family and we wanted to reach out and and start a family. And when they asked, do you have any preferences? And we, we, our answer was no, we want to be parents. And we've been blessed with, with Bartholomew and Christine. I mean, and so that's how we started our family. And luckily we both, uh, my mom had a big influence on this um my experiences had a big influence on this and Cheryl's unbelievable faith um in just doing the right thing and being there and loving and uh so we've been very fortunate to to grow our family and have two amazing kids
0: how has has having two black children shaped your worldview especially given the current climate that's going on in this country right now with, with racial and social issues?
1: You know, it's hard. Um, and there's a lot of ways that I don't, it's, it's just, it's, it's just hard to to see things that are going on on in all different areas. Um, and to then to see the joy that I see when I come home. Um, and in COVID, when I come home, I was there all the time. So, every moment that I left my home office the joy I see in and, and it's not because my two kids are black it's because they' are kids they realize that they have joy and and they just the see the the hurt that you see on the on the news and stuff you know how do we educate them how do we educate them on what to do and and a lot of talks um, with my with Cheryl to figure out you know, what do we do? Like they're at a young age. How do we, and let's educate them about which we have their whole life um, about what the future can look like for them and how they should handle people that they're in contact with and how they should control their self. And if we all taught that to everyone, once again, it's everyone would be better. And that was the talks that we had. It was, and, and it's, it's heartbreaking um, to see the things that are going on. But, and once again, I'll go back to the word respect. I just think that everyone should respect everyone. And, you know, I, I, it's just, it's amazing. And, and I, but my kids, they're fortunate. I mean, they're a lot more fortunate than other kids. They are around 18 to 24 year olds that are amazing young men that are trying to do something in life that are working hard at, at school and basketball. And, and, they, and they see them, they've come to practice and see them run lines and get in trouble and, and complain about a call and then have to get on the line and run just because they complained. And so they get to see this day to day and they get to be in the office and, and feel the community of Alpo. And so they're very fortunate to where, you know, where they're at, to be honest. And not every kid has this opportunity, not every person does. But if they can help change ones around them and and see how they they view life and and all of us do the same, I think that's that's the talks we've had. Um, you know, it's 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 been it's been difficult to see. And people ask me, how do you teach your kids? And I'm like, it's I'm teaching them the same as you. They just they just look a little different. That's it. I mean, and and they might have some obstacles. But how are you teaching your kid? Like if if we're teaching them the same, then I think we're going to be okay. Um, and but we it, it, it we all have to do it. And that was my in that tweet. I was like, we all have to have. And if the people are in our situation where we coach, I mean, we're going to get to have impact on people on individuals that didn't have that as a kid. So how do we how do we help them have a view on respecting all and you know everyone everyone's life matters and and be with. You know, invite people into your home that you've never invited in your home. I mean, the stats are just amazing that of, you know, usually you don't invite people in your home that are from a different ethnicity or race or religion. Invite everybody into your home. it will be amazing what we
0: do. You were talking about joy, just coming home and seeing seeing just the sort of unadulterated joy of your kids. Mm-hmm. One thing that struck me when I was looking through some of your pictures on Twitter is you you had the slow-mo video from earlier this summer and it was Bart and it was Christine and they were jumping in the pool and they were doing flips or bouncing off a trampoline into the pool. And I mean, you could just scream joy on it.
1: I think I scare a lot of my friends when they see those things that my kids do um, (laughs) because, trust me, they're all safe. I mean, and the most to do is, is, is scrape up their leg a little bit and, and that stuff. But, um, yeah, let's have fun. Like, I mean, it, you know, at home I had I had this great opportunity. You know, I'm at home. My wife does homeschool. And okay. so we're ready for the pandemic before everybody else, you know. And the one day we had a uh, – Cheryl was going to teach them about some science and they were going to build this catapult with some – some uh was it uh popsicle sticks and I saw what they're doing I was like no 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 no. we gotta if we're gonna do this we're gonna do it a little bit a little bit different so we go out in the garage and and we're out there looking we get two by fours and we get pieces of pipe and everything from our garage and we build a catapult that can shoot a basketball so uh, let's have some fun with it and let's let's crank up uh home activities with when dad's at home a little bit and, and, and Cheryl loved it because now she wasn't teaching the science lesson I, I was getting to teach it. So.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. You, you also, I, I noticed you and your family, you went to, it looked like a, a prayer vigil to end racism mm-hmm. at one point. And, and how did, how did being a part of that and attending that have an impact on all you four?
1: You know, that, that was the day that, um, uh, Bartholomew really had some questions. He's like, "We're praying for what?" You know, like he he just didn't understand. Like I thought that's what we always do, and I was like, "That is what we always do." Um, but now in our society, we need it's a forefront, you know. And right now, um, individuals that that are the same color as you, Bartholomew, is we gotta we gotta stand up with each other and we got to pray for each other and we got to pray for love in this country and it, how amazing was it that individuals from all different races all different religions were together in the courthouse at Val, in in Valparaiso Indiana and we were all praying for each other wasn't that pretty awesome and don't you believe that's that's how we any he, and and he didn't really understand cuz I maybe we're doing a good job. Well, maybe it's just that he's an eight year old and he's just, he loves life. But he was like, isn't that what we always do? Like, isn't that what we're supposed to always do? And I was like, exactly. It is, but we need to do it. And, and so, and it, but it brought him to it, it, made him have some more realizations that some of the tough conversations are having. And, and I had to say, you know what? I don't have all the answers, but please talk to me and I will listen. And if I can't find the right answer or we'll find it, we'll find some other way. We'll have you talk to somebody else that might have went through the same scenarios that you went through. And once again, that's a, the benefit of doing what I do. There's so many great young men that he's around um, that are teaching him how to be a young man and how to work hard. And, and it's, it's just a really awesome experience. But that, thank you for asking. Cause it was, it was amazing to be at the center of Alparazo, Indiana. Which I think is the greatest, one of the best cities and communities out there. I mean, it's amazing what the city does uh, for kids, for adults, for everybody, and uh, to have that that moment where we had it, it was there was multiple in Valpo. It was really, it was really awesome to see.
0: It's interesting because um, you, know, you talk about the community there, and, and one thing I've noticed in my years covering the Valley and, and specifically Valpo teams is. So many, so many coaches. Regard not just not just basketball, okay. but so many of the coaches there at Valpo have been there a long time, and that yeah. says a lot about the community. The fact that you've had so many longtime coaches that have stayed.
1: Once again, I, I really do believe Valpo as a, as a university is it, it's truly, and it's it, I think in athletics a lot of times people use the word family too much, and then. You know, they use it on the outside, but, then, you know, when doors closed, it's, it's not as much family anymore. Um, I, and this is pumping up Valpole, but this is what I feel. This is why I've been here for my 19th year is um, as a guy that grew up in, you know, I was born in Chicago, but grew up in Tennessee, um, you know, family's pretty big in the South. Um, and it's, it's pretty welcoming um, a lot. And, you know, that's what me and my wife felt. Uh, when we got to Valpo, especially with Homer Drew and and Bryce and Scott and everybody. And and it's just, and it's not just them, it's the whole university. So the university is a family. And then the community is absolutely amazing. Um, And it's, and it's grown. Uh, It was a, it was a small town and it's just it's progressed and it's, it's just really nice now that our downtown's amazing. The activities for kids, everything from, I mean, I have a, I have a friend that his kids on the mountain bike team, like <laughs> we have a mountain bike team. What does that mean? Like I didn't even know that existed. So um, it's amazing the opportunities that are here in Bible and we're so close to Chicago and in Indianapolis. It's just a great location. So we do have some amazing coaches. Um, I think you got to You know, we had to make some unfortunate cuts at Valpo like everybody has, but like a guy like Mike Avery that started one Valpo, I think that's carried over to not just one Valpo, but to uh, a lot of different areas and his forefront and pushing forward, um, everything he's done for the community. It's just, and how the community embraced that. It's just, it's it's really awesome.
0: What are your hopes and your fears for Bartholomew and, and Christine?
1: Oh, that's so many of both, right? I mean, it's, um, and I, I, my biggest hope, um, for both my children is that they have joy in their life and they get it through finding something they have. Like, I know how, I mean, you see you when you do your job, you are excited to be there. Because you're filling up your bucket. You don't mind that you're away from, you don't want to be away from your family, but you're doing something that you love. Like I love coming to work every day. I love traveling with the team. I cannot stand being away from my kids. I hate it. I hate being away from my wife. But I am happy at the end of the day. No matter if it's an 18 hour day, 20 hour day, no sleep. I'm pretty excited because I filled up my bucket all day. And so I have this great passion for what I do. And so, first, you know, that I want them to be able to find that. What it is, I don't know. You know, everybody has this hope. You know, if you have a little athlete, my son's pretty good little athlete. Yeah, maybe he's a professional soccer player. That's not – I mean, that'd be cool, but it's not what we're trying to do. Hopefully, he finds something he's just passionate about. And at the end of the day, he's not tired. He's excited for what he does. And then he find somebody he loves that he can do it with. You know, like – and that they, they want to work hard at it. And then they can have, you know, then they'll have kids. And so that's my ultimate hope that both Bartholomew and Christine find a profession that they love, a person that they love, and that they attack life with love. My fear is that they 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 can't they get knocked down a few times and they don't know how to get back up. Because they, they might get knocked down more than another kid, but they just gotta get back up and and that there have hardships that they don't know how to let it shape them. Um, And so every day it's, I love it when they fail, to be honest with you. I, I, it doesn't bother me at all because I I just think that's really preparing them to have this amazing life. Um, I don't want them to get awarded for, for even if they, if they have a bad attitude, if they have a great attitude about something and they come up a little short, Hey, way to keep going. You know, but when they don't have a good attitude and they, they fall down and they like, let's not, uh, let's let them learn to get up and keep going. And I, I, that's my fear is that at some point in their life that they, they struggle getting back up and they see these obstacles that they face and they really, they don't want to navigate them because they think it's too much. Um, and I, I just don't think that's the way any of us should live life. Um, and that, but that is my fear, um, uh, uh, different than other parents, I guess a little bit. Um, but it's the same. I mean, it's, and, and there's always those fears about, I have a five year old daughter, you know, you know, where does she go and who is she around? And is she got friends around her and, and, and those things, I have a very strong, ambitious young man that is very rambunctious. I'll just say that he's out there. I don't want him to get uh, I, I, I'm struggling on the word, but misidentified of, of being a bad kid, like because of how outgoing and and physically strong and everything he is. Um, so those are fears, um, that, you know, I I think a lot of parents have to deal with those fears and, and, um, but I, I, I do believe there's a lot of great people out here. Um, there's a lot of great people in our society, and around the world, and, and we're, we're going to band together in in this community of life. We're all going to get better, and we just got to keep believing that. And um, that's what we're trying to do with our two kids. Um, who knows if there's more in the future? I don't know, but it's kind of like what happens happens. But they're about all we can handle right now. So <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna still pretty happy where we're at. But um, but that's also why I coach. And a lot of lessons I come home and say. I don't never give him the player's name, but you know he had a bad attitude today, so he he didn't get to practice. He had to run lines, or he he got kicked out of practice today because he didn't come with the right attitude. And he immediately Bartholomew wants to know which guy, and I was like, no, 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 that's not what we're talking about here, because he's a great guy, but today he didn't have the right attitude. So and so, it's just awesome being able to be a basketball coach and and being able to teach these lessons, and everybody can. So hopes and fears hope they find something they love someone they love and dominate it and just love life and um and then fears i just i just fear that you know they get knocked down too many times and they have trouble getting back up so every day that's what i'm trying to train them not to do it just keep getting up no matter how tough it is
0: what a great gift to to have the team you have they have these built-in role models, uh, not just, not just with the coaching staff, but but with the players too, guys that they can look up to and say, I want to, I want to be like him when I get older. I want to, I want to have that attitude towards stuff. And you have this, you know, you have your immediate family, but you have this extended family too, this, this basketball family and this athletic family too, that makes your situation a little bit unique from the average person.
1: It does. It, It really, and it's, it's not unique to me at Valpo. It's just unique to my profession and what I do. And a lot of, a lot of individuals that are in these professions that deal with college age um, students or high school age students. Um, and, when, and when you add sport, now you're adding individuals that are really working hard, especially when you get to the college level, they're really working hard to be successful. And they're doing it while trying, trying their best to be academic and do their best in the classroom. And then they're asked to go do community service. And it's all great privileges that they get to do all this. But there's a lot on their plate. And and they're getting real-life lessons of – and no one's really coddling them and and hugging them. They're hugging them, but not just because they need it. They're hugging them because they love them. Like, I hug my players because I love them. Right? And that's – I just love being around them. And uh, so my kids get to see that. And I really believe it's amazing for them to have role models like a Malik McMillan, who's a senior for us, who, you know, for a couple of years, he played, but he didn't produce. And then last year he's on all, you know, all improvement team. And so, you know, and that's Christine's favorite guy, like Malik. It's just awesome seeing him find and Malik finding her and giving her a big hug. And in the same scenario that I'm sure is at Southern Illinois, you know, and at Loyola and, in all the schools in the valley and all across the country. So um, it's just, it's amazing the opportunity we have to be around such great young men and women.
0: Speaking of your players, what, what have conversations looked like between Bappelman's basketball coaches and your players since George Floyd's murder?
1: You know, it's it's really, it's been it, really difficult at first because um, you, As a coach, you don't necessarily – and you don't necessarily know what your guys need. Like, when it first came out, what do they need? You don't – and so it's daunting to have a task that how do you tackle it? You know, and um, we have some great leadership on our team. And, you know, at the end of the day, what we realized is we got to be there to support our guys and listen. And their emotions are going to be different from each other. I mean, and it could be two guys who went to the same high school, and their emotions about that. But are we there to listen? You know, are we there not to even to influence, just to listen? And because that's that's a big part of. And so let's let's listen, let's support, let's be there, whatever each guy needs. Let's let's be there to support him and listen to him and love him and hug him and and uh, and and if he needs advice, then let's. Let's give them the best advice we can, but it might be different for all, just like a lot of scenarios, but it was, it was really tough. I'm not, I'm not, it it was, it was tough to know what to do. Um, Coach Holloway, uh, uh, unbelievable supporter of our guys and great guy, um, you know, has some great ideas to, to just be there to listen. We have, we have players on our team from other countries like a Daniel Sackey from Canada step up and say, coach, why don't we do this? And, you know, guys from, you know, we had incoming freshmen, Sheldon Edwards, that, you know, at, he hadn't even got on campus yet. It was Everything he's doing is through Zoom. I mean, all right, and that's he's supposed to be on campus already. Um, he's, he's a kid that went to prep school four years. So, it's like he's really not been a part of anything for, you know, it's, and he's an amazing individual, and you're going to love him when you meet him, is, you know, Coach. I just, you know, we found out, you know, he just needs somebody to listen to and hug him and know that we got his back. and. And I think at the end of the day, show them, show them that that we love them and support them. You know, we're going to push them, and we're going to push them and be the best they can. And it's really because we just love them, and they're part of our family. And show up to my house. You know, I, and that's the the hardest thing about the not the hardest, but COVID really made it tough too. Yeah, because you can't give them a hug. Like I, my wife was in tears at nights because she's like, I just want to. I want to have Malik over to give him a hug. And, uh, so that was, that was probably one of the tougher things is, you know, we like to have all our coaches. We, we try to have our guys over the house, one of our houses all the time. Um, and when we have transfers come in, like we've only been to our head coach's house once in four years and an assistant a couple of times. And you guys are inviting us over the house two, three times a month, you know, just to hang out, to have fun. And, we couldn't do it. And so a big part of what we are is that relationship and culture and that, that, that made it even harder. Um, so we had to do these things through zoom and make the most of it. And, uh, so that's how we approached it. I don't know if we did the best job at it, uh, but we did the the best we could. And we tried to listen to our guys and see what they, we asked them about, do you want to, do you want to do this or that? And, and we went with their opinions on what they wanted to do and, uh, how they wanted to handle it and, Um, luckily I think we have some great guys and they, they had some great suggestions.
0: So from, from listening to your guys, what were some actions that you identified that you wanted to prioritize as a program to address some of the injustices going on in the country?
1: You know, it's, it's a great question. And and it really, we had more than, we had quite a few of them and, um, and they were all wondering what, what they could do. And they were very confused on what what they could do, to be honest with you. And uh, and we're like, let's look at it. And, it for e- and once again, for each guy, it was different. And we were big on, we didn't want to force or force any of them to do things, something they weren't comfortable with. And so we, but we let them, once again, we listened again and different guys handled it different ways. Um, some of them went to, uh, some of the protests in Valvo, you know, some of them didn't care to. And that will say that's fine. Like it's, what are you comfortable with? And, um, but we're going to do that. We preached respect, you know, be respectful. Um, but what do you need? What do you, what are, what are your needs? What do you want us to listen to? And so that, that's how we did it. And we, we had multiple things where we were going to try to do, you know, different things on a media platform and we listen to our guys and you know what do they want you know and there's a few things that we did as a staff as a program as a staff as a program that they they liked and other things that you know we came up with ideas when it, if it was an offensive play that we'd have done but the player said now nah, coach that, that we don't want to do that mm-hmm. okay we got you and so um you know, and that was a lot of in-house things. Out, you know, that's part of the family that we keep in-house on what we want to do. And uh, but I, th- I thought our guys were really mature, um, really hurt at times, but really passionate about um, you know how they're going to have be affected and, and how they're going to move forward. So,
0: you mentioned the international players you have, and that's that's yeah. been sort of a tradition and, and a theme is every year you. You guys have a number of international players. And so how how has their perspective and and how they're seeing everything going on in the US factored into some of the discussions? Because obviously there's there's sort of an outsider in the sense that they're they're not from the United States. And so they perhaps are looking at things differently. It's a
1: great question. It's different for all of them from where they've been, where they're from. Um, and I, I think the biggest thing is they all came to the U S for an opportunity. So first and foremost, so their destination for college was the U S. So it's not like they look at the U S as this awful place that I think some people think it's portrayed as, or this is an opportunity for them. So they came here and and then have questions like, why this, why that? But the community that they're in is is pretty awesome and loving, you know, but they still confused on, you know, so, um, it, 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 it's, it's a little difficult. And then, you know, we've had players from Louis, every continent, except Antarctica, I guess, but yeah. every continent out there. And, uh, but if it had some players, I'd go down and find them just to, aware. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's just, it, it's just different conversations and they come in and, and their perspective is, is pretty unique. Um, we have Steve Helm on our team now who was on our team three years ago and has been, but he was on a, the last two years has been on a mission to Japan and he has a very unique family, unbelievable family. And so he's, he just gets back um, from Japan and now he's, he's put in these conversations. So he has a whole nother perspective on these things. You know, our head coach played nine years professionally in Japan and a year professionally in Germany. So he's got different perspectives and it's just, it it was really cool um, to be honest and their perspective to everything. It kind of centralizes things a little bit to everybody like, look, there's all these perspectives and let's, uh, how does it work out? But it's, you know, and, and we have quite a few Canadian players. um, So, you know, they're, they're just above the border and, you know, they go home to Ben Cricket has quarantined, I think for eight weeks already um, because he had to cross the border to go home for 14 days and then came across for 14 days and then, you know, different times the quarantine. So, you know, his perspective on this thing is, <laughs> I just want to get out of quarantine. Like, it wasn't even like, I just want to, and then our two Europeans were just trying to do everything possible to come to the States. And they did an amazing job. They found out loopholes, or not loopholes, just ways to get here that we couldn't find. So it was really cool. So, um, you know, <laughs> to be honest, they, they were dealing with the ways to, to just get back to campus and so I think that was the biggest thing on their minds, and and we were very fortunate when Emil finally got back to campus, and we had a whole team back on campus. So, um, you know, I think college students, and maybe this is why they don't vote much—they live in their little bubble of what they need to do, and they don't think about the bigger picture a lot, which is pretty awesome. And it's it's something that we're educating with the voting too.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, gosh, given once you once you're full into to practices all the time everything's going to seem easy compared to what all the obstacles that have been going on with your team, just, you know, getting guys back into the country and quarantining and all that stuff. Practices. I know sometimes people dread practice, but I think everybody's going to be just looking forward to the day they can practice regularly daily.
1: Without a doubt, without a doubt. And we have zoom calls that we had with the teams and they are like, man, I can't wait to get back. Never going to take a day for granted. And I, and we I, we took notes. I wish we'd have filmed some of them. So in, in a couple of weeks, when they kind of show up and they you can see they're dreading going to practice, show that to them and say, "Remember back in May, where you had to sit in your basement all day? Well, I think it's a lot more fun being in the gym." So um, once again, we have we have we have a group of guys that I think a lot of people saw that and how we played. That they don't get down, they're going to keep coming, and and that's the makeup of our. Our, 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 program. And, um, they've been, it's been, it's been cool to see how, you know, they, they've held each other accountable. They had team only Zoom calls to stay in touch throughout the summer. Like we didn't even know about it for about a week and a half, two, three weeks, something like that. And we're like, wait, y'all got together on your, yeah, coach. We are just talking. I was like, all right, that's awesome. So, um, it's, it's been a ama- it, it, It's, I think it's been an opportunity for them to grow in other ways and uh it's been fun and now we get to be around them so um we're excited
0: no it's great plus you have some unfinished business from last year just making it all the way to the arch Madness title game and then postseason opportunities that were likely coming for you guys obviously got brought to a halt because of covid mm-hmm. so um there's a lot of a lot of momentum to still build on from last season
1: no we are excited we're excited and i think I think there's a lot of teams in the Valley that are thinking the same thing. So, um, I don't think we're much different than anybody else. They got to the taste a little bit of how fun Arch Madness is. And, uh, you know, I, I, I feel bad about our, you know, our seniors not getting to keep going on, but they had a great run at it. Um, you know, I really feel for, you know, Daryl Brown and Nate Cannell and Kosh Bar to be honest. Um, yeah. to go back-to-back to, back to get to the tournament. And then they knew what the tournament was all about after having that great run against Michigan State. Now, I wish it was us instead of them. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you know, I wish I wish they had a chance because I think they would have won some games in the tournament, um, quite a few. Um, so, you know, in my mind, like, they won our league. I'd like to see them show everybody how good the Valley is because it's a grind. I mean, we had, we had teams beat Kentucky that was number one in the t- country, and they have a tough time in our league. So – Um, you know, every, every night is a battle and that's the beauty of the Valley. Everybody's prepared at the end of the year to be the best teams they are. And that's why the Valley has so much postseason success. Um, and so it's, it's fun and it's, we love the challenge and we know there's no days off once you get to Valley play and we're going to do our best that we're never a day off for anybody else either.
0: We got to send uh, Commissioner Doug Elgin out on a, a high note, a multi-bid year here for his uh, for his last year before he retires.
1: Without a doubt, and and being a I don't think anybody could really express how much gratitude they have for what Doug Elgin's done. I mean, and I think that's any any coach, any administrator, um, and I know it's a big big team of you know Mike and and everybody banning together to do this, but what Doug's done for the Valley and what they, what the Valley has done with arch madness and built it the way it has and how, how much they work every, every aspect to make us be the best teams we can be at the end of the year. And that's why the success has happened. So I think that it's a great idea. I know the Valley would deserve multiple bids. And I know if we get multiple bids, we'll have multiple teams winning the tournament. And I don't know if anybody's listening to me, but I guarantee if we get two, three teams in the tournament, we're going to win some games and quite a few. And so uh, that's what the Valley does. We prepare winners in basketball life. And uh, I love being a part of it.
0: Look, this was fun. Thank you so much. Anything, you know, you want to say in closing?
1: I just love that, that you're helping with this, Kelly. Um, and it gave me an opportunity to, to research you a little bit and all the things that you're doing in your life. Um, I'd recommend a lot of people to go to Kelly board TV um, and just check out your website. Um, Cause it's really, it's pretty inspirational and all you've got to do in your, your 15 years, I think it is. Um, and so, and, and you, the professionalism that you've had and the help you've had with me is, you know, we, we're going to touch some, you know, sensitive subjects. And you made it where like, I'm going to be prepared for it. And so I just thank you for that, and um, really excited to get playing basketball games. Um, love practice as much as games, so um, excited for the year. And you know, I, I I live a dream all the time. I have an amazing family. My wife's the biggest supporter I got, and she drives the ship, um, so I can come to work. and And we have amazing kids. And so anytime I get to talk about them, I'm, I'm pre-filed up. So. I appreciate you doing this and the Valley, you know, I feel honored that I can be on this call and be part of uh, voices of change. Um, and so it's, it's pretty amazing. So thank you.
0: Well, you're welcome. And thank you for the the kind words and, and thank you for all the things you're doing with the NAVC and just, you know, get all the, the voter, the voting stuff to, to make people aware and get them registered. You're You're really, Doing a ton not only within your own immediate family and your your basketball family, but just this whole league, in bringing awareness to some of these important issues. So,
1: hey Kelly, make sure Javon gets some credit too. All right, Javon Mayman is doing a lot too, so it's not a it's not a one man show here. Javon's out there getting guys signed up, and and all the coaches. There's, there's a ton of coaches out there on the task force. There's a ton of coaches that have pledged their teams to sign up, and it, it, it it's it's everybody working together and and teaching um, college-age students on, on what it is to vote. And uh, hopefully we have an impact that will last for generations.
0: Yeah, looking forward to November 3rd, and even looking more forward to November 25th and uh, getting to, to cover and call some of your guys' games this year.